0: Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions.
1: Hello and welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kiefer Blakeslee. But today we're going to start the show with talking to a very special guest. She is the impact producer of the new documentary Sufra, which is taking the word by storm and it's we're seeing a lot of great praise and I had a chance to check it out. It's absolutely an amazing inspirational story we have about us, the wonderful Lisa Madison. Thank you so much so much Lisa for being on the show.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: So um before we start getting into talking about the film, I just want to talk about uh, talk about your role in it, because we've interviewed many positions in in film, executive producers, directors, writers, but Impact producer is something that our, our listeners haven't gotten a chance to talk about. So um, can you briefly describe your role in this film?
2: Yes, uh, my role as impact producer is really meant to figure out how to have the film come off of the screen and make a difference in the real world. So we look at sort of a multimedia approach in trying to get the film into people's hands. In the case of SUFRA, we're selling a cookbook that we co-collaborated with the women of SUFRA um, that go back to the camp to fund a children's center. So that's one of the ways that we turn the film into a more dynamic m- model for activism and engagement.
1: And it's a very vital role, especially with documentary filmmaking as well, because documentaries are here to push issues and push um, ways of getting people involved, because like, cinema is a very powerful medium. So with this film, what would you feel like was some of the challenges of maybe like, trying to engage audiences?
2: Um this film is actually really uh really exciting in that it doesn't it doesn't require a whole lot of um audience engagement outside of people just watching it cuz they are so excited about it. Um so you know it's just a matter of getting people in front of the screen and after that it's all it's all good from there. Um but the thing that happens is people really want to do something after they see the film and they want to help the women. Of Sufra. So it's a way, the, the cookbook is a way for audiences to take their excitement after screening it and channel it somewhere that's actually productive and useful for the women themselves.
1: Certainly. And the story of Mariam Shah is incredibly inspiring because it's just what a way to bring people together with food. And um, on the website, which is sufrafilm.com for all of you to check out, there's the resource for the cookbook and all the recipes, which is absolutely amazing. So why do you feel like this film is has touched so many people's hearts?
2: Um, you know, it's one of those things that documentary film is really, as a whole, a kind of depressing genre for the most part. So I think one of the reasons that this film has done so well is because it's a hopeful story. And I think in this this age of ours that there's so many problems and that they all seem so insurmountable um, and especially with regard to the refugee crisis, a positive film that has a story of hope and resilience and shows people able to figure out a way to lift their own communities up out of sort of this sort of ethos of despair that we're engaged in right now. I think people just respect on really viscerally to that, because I think we need more of that in our world. So this is a story of hope, as opposed to, you know, you don't, you, a lot of films, you leave the theater feeling awful, like you're educated, but you don't know what to do. You don't know how to channel that energy. And uh, to the contrary, this film is is much more energetic and hopeful.
1: I would definitely agree, because the stories we hear from all the, the refugees and the women working with Miriam is is absolutely amazing and yeah i i agree cuz i i i think documentary filmmaking is a very underrated genre of filmmaking because some people just see it as just like just history like on the screen it's just very has a certain formula but with this film definitely the stories are not only really engaging and really inspiring but also it's by the end of it you feel like you feel more empowered and definitely with um, with your help as well, and all the filmmakers' help, we, it's a way, great way for people to see this film and be like, you know, I can help in some way, shape, or form. So, uh, what do you feel like with this film? Um, what is like the main goal, like the mission statement that you want audiences to gain from this film?
2: Well, I mean the 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 goal for our campaign right now is to help Miriam raise enough money. So so I the the backstory is Miriam. Um, after launching the catering company in the refugee camp, she decided that she needed to. More and more women were coming to her and trying to figure out how they could they could get a job with a catering company because it was bringing more income into their families. Um, and Mariam noticed that a lot of the women in the camp couldn't they couldn't leave their homes because they were so um, they were tied to ch- the childcare role, and so the opportunity that she saw was to build a children's center so that the women could be freed up to then go and work in the catering company um, so that's what we're focused on right now we're focused on making that a solvent business and covering the costs for five years until they get up and running um, and we're we're raising money for that initiative
1: definitely and it's it's from what I've seen because I've before I saw this film I was so many people were talking about it, and I'm just glad because documentaries, are, most specifically documentaries, have usually are under the radar when it comes to, like, open wide films. Because everyone else is, checking, is talking about the new action film and that. But it's nice that this film is actually getting the recognition it deserves, um, not only for its genre, but for its story that it's telling. So I'm glad more and more people are talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keith Blakeley. Today we're gonna to be talking about the films The Rock Pack, Night School, Star Wars Renaissance, and also My Hero Academia. Having a conversation with Lisa Madison about Sufra, the new up-and-coming documentary opening worldwide October 11th. So, uh, Lisa, um, regarding this film, what do you feel like? Like, is it uh, how's the pro- how is progress going so far? Because this film's been going to different festivals and it's going to be open worldwide very soon, but um, how how have you seen this so far with the audience it's it's reached, like how, how has the impact been so far?
2: Oh, it's been amazing. I mean, we, we just opened in Singapore. We had our Asian premiere at the beginning of September, um, and we had 1,300 people see the film, and we sold a lot of cookbooks. HP actually sponsored the, a special run of the cookbooks for that premiere. Um, so we've raised... I think it's close to a quarter of a million dollars already for Mariam and for the children's center. And we intend to raise at least that much more to help fund the, the edu- the educators and to buy school supplies. Um, so it's fantastic. I mean, it's a, it's an incredible ride. Um, Susan Sarandon is our executive producer, and she's been incredibly supportive throughout the whole thing. Um, and she'll be doing some very special up-and-coming uh, <laughs> announcement soon to help to help us raise that initial two hundred fifty thousand dollars. So we're 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 blessed. We're definitely we've got a great team.
1: Certainly, it's an amazing group of people, and I'm I'm. It's just I'm just so happy that we're able to make this big of an impact. So um, we're and also. Since being an impact director, I mean, it's got, sorry, producer, it's got to be a very fulfilling um, job, especially when you're working with not only with filmmakers to make sure they get their film out, but also making sure that audiences know what to do with that, with that information. So with your job, what do you think is the most fulfilling part of being an impact producer?
2: well you know i mean i think filmmakers often uh, you you pursue making a film because you care about the issue that you're that you're focused on and the thing that happens i mean films take a long time to make i mean sometimes 3 sometimes 5 years especially documentaries and so by the time this beautiful film has been made often the filmmaker is at a point in point where they have to pass it on to somebody else and they have to start a new project but I feel like the opportunity to come in at that point where they're where they've reached their maximum input capacity, and I can pick it up and with new energy and new ideas and take it that extra mile. I mean, that's incredibly fulfilling to me. Um, and you know, not to say that not also I get to get into a lot of different issues and really dive deep into things and figuring out how to make these films make a difference uh, in a way that I think filmmakers in the, in the following of a story throughout the three or four five years that they make it, they've done that, but it's a, they're focused on the storytelling part, not necessarily the impact part. So it's, it's like, it's the second chapter of a very, very important, um, a very important movement.
1: Well, certainly. And what I think is interesting is that I think like, not to say that your job is easy, but I feel like your job is made easier when the film itself is just kind of – the film speaks for itself. And Absolutely. And so all you need to do is just, like, just get enough people to see it, and just watching it is just enough for people to do something and make a difference. So, I'm, I mean, I mean, that's, that's got to make your life a little bit easier as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's really satisfying to feel like all you need to do is figure out how to open the floodgates. Um, I don't relish challenging jobs because it means that there's, there has to be a lot of, uh, creative ways to get people engaged. And when you have a film as compelling as Sufra, really all you need to do is figure out how to channel the energy that comes out of the film. So, um, it's really, that's really satisfying.
1: Now, I'm curious, like when you were first introduced to this film and introduced to like trying to tell a story, like what was your initial reaction when you, when you saw the film and you're like, all right, what do we need to do now?
2: Well, this film came to my attention um, right before the Me Too movement started. And so it really, in that environment, it really had an impact um, on me sort of as a, it's a story of strong women. And I think our world needs more attention paid to those stories because they're out there in droves, um, but our media doesn't necessarily focus on them. So I think it was just a—it was an exciting opportunity to use to use the skills that I have to bring attention to a film that can really serve as a counterbalance to films that are, you know, flooding our the screens these days um, that don't necessarily spend enough time on strong women.
1: Well, certainly, this is a story that is important, especially in today's society. So. Thank you so much, Lisa, for bringing this film to our attention and also for all your hard work. And I'm looking forward to the bigger, uh, for more films coming our way. So thank you so much.
2: Thank you, Kiefer.
1: If you want to make a difference and check out this film, it opens worldwide October 11th. Also go check out the website, sufrafilm.com for the cookbooks, for all your resources, all the information you need to know so you can make an impact. It is definitely an amazing story of hope And passion, so please go check it out. With that said, let's take a break. I am your host, Kiefer Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Cat in Hat Season 2, Volume 1.
3: Kids Safe, Mother Approved, you're listening to Voice America Kids.
1: Hello and welcome to the program in the
0: month of October. I am your host
1: Keeper Blakesley, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. But we're going to start with talking with a very special guest, Mr. John Wood. He's going to be talking about two of his latest albums, Stem Songs and Move, Move, Move. Thank you so much for coming back on the show, John.
4: Absolutely, my pleasure. Always a pleasure to talk with you, and thanks, uh, thanks for having me. And uh, looking forward to talking about. Uh, a couple of really wonderful albums that I think uh, kids will enjoy.
1: Well, we're very happy. To, we're always happy to have you on the show, and it's always great talking to you. So let's start about talking about uh, the first album, which is STEM songs: science, technology, engineering, mathematics. Wonderful subjects to talk about. So, um, how did this album,
4: well, come to play? Well, actually, uh, Dan Crow, who is the the artist uh, on the album responsible for putting this together, actually got the idea from uh, listening to Bill Nye, the science guy, and also uh, some of his uh, nieces and cousins, uh, girls, who were studying engineering in school and got the idea of putting the, uh, albums together. And in fact, they've, uh, expanded it to STEAM, which is also science, technology, engineering, math, and the, uh, the A is for the arts. So this is quite an ambitious album, uh, because not only does it have, um, one, two, three, four, five, six songs. Oh, well, actually, uh, five songs and one, uh, bonus track, which is, a uh, a song about the Tooth Fairy, uh, which is great for me because uh, I, I need whatever money I can get from the Tooth Fairy. <laughs> uh, and then secondly, it has 16 songs, uh, individual songs, by artists that are on our uh, website, kidsmusic.com. And uh, in, in inclusion to that, it also has, um, uh, it has, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, Videos as well, so animated videos. So it's it's a full uh, it's a full house, and it's hosted by our teen animated character Annie Dolls House. It's it's a wonderful package, and the songs are terrific. They're uh, uh, amazingly produced by uh, Jimmy Hammer. Dan Crow is in fine voice or fine feather, if you wish. Uh, so yeah, excited about it.
1: Certainly. So, um, how did you uh, meet Mr. Crow, and how did your
4: collaboration, um, come um like flourish? Fl- um, flourish. I uh, I met Dan actually. Uh, uh, I I was in a performing group and uh, still am uh, called mm-hmm. J P Nightingale, and we toured and performed uh, all over Southern California, and uh, uh, people told us about Dan. So we we go way back to the. Um, uh you know in the mid 70s when we first met and we've done so many projects together uh over the years he travels all over the world uh goes to schools a lot of schools on a military bases for the kids there and uh so that's uh we, we we have a long history it was way back when pictures were in black and white
1: <laughs> so um collaborating with with Dan on making this album come to life so like how was that process like and um do you, since you've known each other for such a long time, Like, has, has anything changed, or is it just really consistent in how you two work together?
4: Well, it's, this is a, it's an interesting project because it, it kind of uh, it became a life of its own. Uh, it started out with uh, doing a few songs, and then it grew into adding the 16 songs from the artists. For instance, uh, if they had a song that fit into the, the motif of the, uh, of the stem songs— For instance, some of the titles are uh, It's Amazing What You Could Do With Your Brain, The Abacus, obviously for math. Let's see what else we have here. Counting by Twos, When I Only Have a Minute, which is a terrific song. Uh, Everything takes place in the course of a minute. I'm an engineer. Uh, Poor planet Pluto, which I understand Pluto is getting a a recount, from what I understand. Uh, Milky Way. Bank of Plant, so it's just a just a, a, a terrific album, um, educational as only Dan Crow can do it because he makes educating uh, uh, fun, and uh, so that's how it, it kind of just kind of grew Kiefer out of a out of a project, and then came the animator. We we uh, were able to uh, get together with um, an animator who lives here, is from Russia, and. We just sat down and talked to him about the concepts. He listened to the songs and just uh came up with uh some wonderful um animation that uh, I'm sure the kids will enjoy. I know I enjoy it and I'm just a big kid
1: now uh it definitely because i don't know I feel like we don't when when we talk about like children's music there's, we want to of course teach our kids in an engaging way and it's it's an interesting balance of what you and Dan do, and it's it's not an easy thing to do, of course, because you're trying to educate but also entertain and just in the end, just have fun. And I bet I bet that's the best job in the world to to still continue to have that childlike wonder. it, it
4: is. Um, it, it, it it comes from uh, you know the old adage of experience, but it's it's when you perform uh, in front of children, uh, they are if they're not entertained. They just get up and walk away. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, adults will sit there and clap their hands politely. Oh, what a wonderful show. Uh, mm-hmm. and they'll sit through it and then go home going, Oh my gosh, you know that, what was that all about? Whereas kids just going to go, I'm going to go off and look at a bug or count some, mm-hmm. you know, some different things. So, uh, it is, it's experiential. It's what works. And a lot of the stuff was tried and true in performance. So, uh, Dan already knew what was going to work and uh, um, the tempos of the songs and the participation factors. So that, that, that just comes from his years and years of experience.
1: Kids can be the harshest critics, but when you do get them, it's very rewarding. You're listening to Kids Best Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blake C. We're going to be talking about House of a Clock in Its Walls and also the 25th anniversary of Hocus Pocus. We're going to continue our conversation with the amazing John Wood about the, his new album Stem Songs. So, um, Mr. Wood, you were just talk, we were just talking discussing about the partition, participation part of of performing for kids because you, can, we cre- we create these, well, you, you create these albums and these videos, but of course, there comes the point where you perform them live for kids. So what do you feel like is the most, for lack of a better word, magical part of actually performing to kids live?
4: Well, you've probably heard, you know, when uh, artists who perform for, uh, for adults as well, they, the ones that are, are really good in concert, they all say, that the, uh, the harmony and the, uh, the, between the audience and the artist, it, it just makes for a better performance for both. So you're feeding off the energy of the audience. The uh, audience is feeding off the energy of the artist and it just continues to, to grow and, and, and just be a deeper experience. Uh, that's what's amazing about about stage because you have that immediate feedback. And so you can see what's working. The kids are participating, they're doing the movements, they're, they're, uh, they're having a great time. And what, what is even more exciting, I think, is the fact that families are enjoying the performance together. And so there's that added factor, which is, uh, which is really brilliant.
1: Definitely. Now, I understand it's like picking your favorite child, but what do you think was your favorite song Performing, um, particularly with stem songs,
4: I think with the uh, the songs that uh, I I perform with Dan uh, is um, uh, the engineer song, uh, which is really fun because it 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 starts from the premise of a train. Of course, the uh, you know the train engineer and so forth, but it goes into all the different types of uh, of engineers and engineering. And uh, it, it's it's great. It's a, it's an open, absolutely open field for, for male and female, and so many girls are getting involved in engineering, and uh, it's it's just terrific. So uh, that's probably my favorite my favorite song. Uh, I'm an engineer, and uh, it uh, once again talks about the different categories of uh, of engineering, uh, and uh, so there you go.
1: Thank you. I mean, it's, and as you mentioned before, a lot of, there's
4: a lot of girls
1: that are going into, and girls and young women going into STEM programs, which is great because we, it's, it's interesting because when you look at a lot of the careers, they are dominated by males and it's great that we're able to provide more information, education for children of all ages that, hey, these are amazing occupations that you can do for the rest of your life. Like, go out and learn more about it. So, Correct. Thank you so much, John Wood, for talking about STEM songs. It's been a pleasure and I can't wait to see, I'll talk about your next album, Move, Move, Move. So um, you've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Make sure to check out the STEM songs. Go to kidsmusic.com for that. it is um, And check out all the wonderful albums by Dan and also John. With that said, let's take a break. I am your host, Keeper Blake and this show is sponsored by Octonauts, Season 2.
3: Kids Safe, Mother Approved. You're listening to Voice America
0: Kids. are tuned into kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up
5: hello and welcome to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids network and right now i'm gonna start off talking with dariana about the house with a clock in its walls welcome to the show dariana Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. That's awesome. So, I have been looking really forward to this movie because Jack Black hasn't come in a movie in a really long time. So, can you tell me a little bit about what did you think of this movie?
6: I thought that it was such a suspenseful movie, full of twists and turns and you're always at the edge of your seat and Jack Black plays uncle jonathan and his character is so hilarious so whenever you're not like jumping when it's kind of like a jump scare
5: you can always laugh at the hilarious jokes that's awesome i always love movies that have a good balance of suspense and laughter those are the best so can you tell me um what's happening what is the house of the clock in its walls about
6: the house with the clock in its walls is about a little boy, Louis Barneville, who recently became an orphan, so he has to go live with his uncle Jonathan. And there are a few mysterious mishaps now and again, and Lewis finds out that Jonathan is actually a warlock. So then Jonathan has to tell him about the clock hidden in the walls that Isaac Izzard put there to count down to something Nefarious. So Jonathan and Lewis and of course their next door neighbor, Mrs. Zimmerman, they have to work together to find the clock and prevent what Isaac Izzard is planning.
5: Ooh, this sounds so good and so intense. Um so how did it make you feel? Were you laughing a lot at Jack Black and were you scared at
6: moments as well? Definitely both of those things, like the whole entire movie, you're just constantly wanting to continue watching and you're constantly kept at the edge of your seat. There is never a dull moment because there's always something going on, whether it be somebody laughing, somebody making you laugh or like something popping out at you or somebody coming back from the dead or whatever it be. You're always kept at the end of your seat.
5: Ooh, this sounds so good already. I'm so excited. So, um, what did you think of the acting? Obviously, Jack Black, and then there's also the wonderful Kate Blanchett. They were definitely so such amazing actors
6: and actresses, and Owen Vaccaro, who plays Lewis, the young boy, he is such an amazing actor, and they all bring so much to their characters, because the house with the clock in its walls, is based on the book by John Belair's, and they all just add so much to the original characters, and they bring their own kind of vibe to it.
5: That's wonderful. And so adding on to um, the book um, and at the adaptation of the movie, uh, would you say that they did a good job? Did you like um, the contrast and the comparison? Definitely. They
6: did a really good job at keeping it similar. And one of my favorite parts was the fact like that the illustrations from the book look so much like the actual film, like the house on the cover of the book really looks like the house that they had in the movie. So I just thought that was a really cool thing.
5: Wow, that is amazing. I like it when um, movies are able to keep that special quality of the book, but at the same time add something new. So that's really cool. And so what did you think of um, the set design, like inside the house and the places they go? It definitely had kind of a creepy vibe the
6: whole way through it. Like it's darker toned because of the fact that they want to show, because the house is... Not I is not Jonathan's house. It's Isaac Izzard's house, so they wanted to keep it creepy. So I just thought that that was really cool. They did a really good job of that. And the front the front of the house was just so amazing. Um, Uncle Jonathan keeps he keeps pumpkins at the front because they keep away um the ghosts and stuff. and they all they just it just looks so amazing and so Halloweeny.
5: Oh, that's perfect, especially because now we're in the month of October. That's awesome. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice of America Kids Network. Today we're talking about the house with a clock on its walls, Hocus Pocus, the 25th anniversary, stem songs, and move, move, move. And right now I'm going to continue talking with the awesome Dariana about the house with the clock in its walls. So we are just talking about this creepy vibe of the movie and the house and everything. So what did you think of um, the special effects? And did they also add to this creepy factor? The special
6: effects definitely added so much to the movie. Like Isaac Izzard, for example, he was... He was so creepy, like the way he looked, and when they did a close-up shot of him, he looked so realistic and everything, and I just thought that that was really cool. And all of the special effects were amazing. They had some, they had like a knight in shining armor moving, and they had some creepy puppet dolls, and they definitely added so much to the creepy factor.
5: Oh, wow, that's awesome. It sounds like a lot of fun to watch. So um, did you have a favorite part in this movie?
6: I did. Um, My favorite scene was when Jonathan played the saxophone in the morning. like It was like 3 a.m., and it was just so hilarious because it was Jack Black, of course, and he had this whole silly dance routine where he had this little um, tassel on his hat, and he would whip it around, and it was just so hilarious. (laughs)
5: That's awesome! I want to watch this movie so bad. Everything you say just makes me want to watch it more. And so, along with having a favorite part, did you also have a favorite character? Yes, my favorite character would
6: be Mrs. Zimmerman, who was their next door neighbor, because she was always there for Jonathan and Lewis. Like she was kind of the mom of the group because she was Lewis's second mother and. Also Uncle Jonathan's, because Jonathan was, like, kind of fooling around some of the time, So Mrs. Zimmerman was always there for them, and she was a really boss witch. (laughs)
5: That's awesome. She sounds really cool and powerful. So, um, also, what did you think of the costume design? I know it's a little unique and different from modern-day clothing.
6: (laughs) It definitely... um, Added to the weirdness of the whole film because it's not like anything you really see anymore. It's it really is based on a book. Like you can kind of tell because of the weird vibe it gives off, and the outfits definitely go with the theme of the film. And like I said before, it was based on the book and the characters' outfits look a lot like the books and actually their whole entire way they are looks like the book characters. So I just thought that they did a really good job costuming them.
5: That's wonderful. And again, I really like how um, this movie seems to have retained so many wonderful aspects of the book. Um, So what did you think of the music and the score in this film?
6: The score is really kind of what makes it so creepy because when you're walking into a dark room, what makes it so creepy is the suspenseful music. So it really helped into the factor of keeping you at the edge of your seat with all the music that helps add to the creepy, the suspensefulness.
5: Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, music is a hugely important factor in films. And sometimes in those horror scenes, the music is what makes you jump, and it's wonderful. So um, was there anything that you disliked about this film? It,
6: I loved it so much. It, most movies, sometimes they have a slow beginning, but this one, they definitely, um, they just went right into it, and there is no, really never a dull moment, and I just really loved the whole thing. There's
5: nothing I could say. That's so wonderful, and that like totally wraps it up for me. I need to go to the theater now and watch this film. Um, But um, so, what would you say finally the age range and star rating would be?
6: Uh, I would recommend it for ages 9 to 15 because, and there are some jump scares too. So, if you have like a friend there to hug, that would be great. And I would give this film a five out of five stars because it had so much suspense and so and there's never a dull moment so i just thought that was amazing
5: that is amazing and it's been so wonderful to talk to you so thank you so much for talking about the house with the clock in its walls thank you thank you so be sure to check out this suspenseful but funny jack black movie in theaters today and it's sure to get you set up for october 31st for halloween so let's take a break. I'm Sahiba, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Octonaut Season 2.
3: Kids Safe,
0: Mother Approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up.
5: Hey, welcome back. I'm Sahiba and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about the House of the Clock on its wall, stem songs move move move, and next we'll be talking with the magnificent host keeper about Hocus Pocus 20, the 25th anniversary. Welcome to the showkeeper. Magnificent. Stop you flatter me. <laughs> oh well, I have never seen Hocus Pocus before. Oh. And I I feel like I really need to. So can you tell me a little bit about it and why should I watch it?
1: Well, in the, the, in the long ago in 1993 there was this little movie with Bette Mittler and Sarah Jessica Parker, and it was this absolutely amazing film that became a cult classic. And it's been 25 years since that film came out. It came out on July 16th of 19, 1993. And I think it's a perfect time to talk about it because it's now the beginning of the haunting season, my favorite time of the year, Halloween. And it's, the one, it's one of those films that I love to watch. I love watching this, Monster House, um, Charlie Brown, The Great Pumpkin, and Beetlejuice, and so many Halloween films to watch. <laughs> But this is the one I always watch because it's just a classic. Um, so yeah, it's I've seen it too many times. I, I can I can say I at least have a mo- a a modest like hundred times.
5: <laughs> you can never watch a movie too many times, but that's awesome. Yeah, I need to watch this movie and get caught up. So um, so what do you think makes Hocus Pocus? Pokus so special and memorable after 25 years. I mean, it's those it's one of those films where it's just like
1: some people like it because it's good, some people like it because it's bad. It's one of those it, there's there's many things why I, there's many reasons why people love or maybe dislike this movie, but I think one thing that makes this film amazing and why everyone loves it is the three witches. They really see the show. It's not just bit bit just Jessica Parker thing Kathy Najimy they all three of them together it's just three actors that actresses that are just perfectly in sync and hilarious together they're strange they're quirky they're spooky they're ooky they're kooky they're all about and it's and also what makes it uh, it's not only um, the three actresses but also just it's it's the perfect Halloween film. It's got witches, it's got sorcery, it's set on Halloween. There's trick-or-treating, there's there's a there's Halloween parties. It's just it it embodies the spirit of Halloween in so many ways. And this was a Disney film by the way. This was a live action Disney film and it's got some really creepy effects for a, a family film. And so it was it's it's interesting. So yeah, it's I think that's why it holds up. And it's just it's it's a product of its time. It it just screams nineties humor.
5: Wow, that sounds really amazing and I promise I'm gonna get caught up.
1: Sure.
5: <laughs> so um you told me that you've seen this movie countless times and every time you watch it, is there something that you realize that is extremely special or something that you haven't noticed before?
1: Sometimes it's just like it's the production design. I like I noticed some of the production and some of the costumes that I didn't notice before. Sometimes um, Sarah Jessica Parker does something subtle in the corner that I didn't notice before because there are three very hilarious actresses that are doing, all of them are doing something for their character. And it's just, it's such over-the-top nonsense that you just can't help but smile during the whole, like, the, during the whole film. It's just one. It's just one of those things that, I watch over and over again. I just don't, I don't get tired of it because it's just so much fun. So, yeah.
5: That's wonderful, yeah. I love those movies and I haven't um, found a new one that I can watch so many times that I never get tired of it. So I will look into this movie. And so what is your absolute favorite thing about Hocus
1: Pocus? The most interesting about Hocus Pocus is that I have to admire it because it didn't do very well with critics, not anything it did well in the box office when it first came out, but how it got such a cult following and how the fans of the film really supported it. I think that's one of my favorite aspects of it. It's a perfect example of a film that, that didn't do initially well, but through word of mouth and through a very strange group of fans, me included, we were able to keep this film alive and still keep it relevant they still show it on ABC. They still show it on TV, and they also show it on on theaters, like art house theaters, and and anniversaries, and DVDs. It's just gotten that kind of following. It's just a film that that, regardless of the odds, it won't die. And I, it's really admirable. It's an admirable quality that not a not not so many films like fail to do. And this film just got really lucky. And I'm glad I did, because it's just, I, I enjoy it. I really enjoy it.
5: That's wonderful. Yeah, that's really special. I don't think I've ever uh, come across a movie that's done really bad. And then um, through that, like, passionate fan following has regained um, popularity. And I think that's really cool. So again, I'm going to check out this film. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about the House with a Clock on Its Walls, STEM songs, Move Move Move, and I'll continue talking with Kiefer about Hocus Pocus the 25th anniversary. So we're just talking about um this special fan following and wonderful movie and um do you think you would be excited to see a Hocus Pocus uh sequel maybe made as a TV show or another movie?
1: There's rumors. It's one of those things where it's just like we want to make a sequel, we don't want to make a sequel. There's so many like complications with actors. And I don't, I honestly don't. I mean, I think it's it's one I'm not I usually when there's a when there was talks of a sequel or a remake or a reboot or whatever adaptation of that, I always to try to think of: Is it necessary? Do we need this? And some most of the time I say no. But like it's like Mamma Mia. Like when I saw Mamma Mia was having a sequel, I'm like, really? Do we really need a sequel? I don't think we need a Mamma Mia sequel. And then I saw Mamma Mia 2. I'm like, I don't care. Even if it's not necessary and even if it's not like, needed, I still love that movie. I love the sequel because it still has everything I love about the original. So, so am I excited? If Bette Midler comes back, because Bette Midler made that film. Oh, sorry, Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parther, and, um, oh gosh, um, Kathy Najimy. No, if they, if all three of them come back, then yes, because they are the heart of that whole film. It's the three witches. It is it, it's it's Winifred, it's, it's Winifred, Sarah and Mary. Those are the iconic witches that make that film what it is.
5: That's amazing. And yeah, I I keep repeating myself, but I'm going to watch this movie now. I'm going to find it somewhere and I'm going to If you say so
1: <laughs> then you're probably going to do it and I'm going to hold you on to that because you're going to be reviewing the film next radio show. I swear. We we we're, we're, we're going to do that.
5: <laughs> okay sounds good and so um i wanted to ask you i'm a little rusty on what this movie is about so can you quickly brief me about who are these three witches that you keep speaking of okay for <laughs> so those of you who have not seen this film and that's a
1: total of maybe two of you listening uh, <laughs> so it's that classic halloween kind of uh Storyline: Basically, there's these three ancient witches that were killed on Halloween, but 300 years after. But um, but if 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 a virgin lights the candle in their um, in their um, their lair, then they come back for one night, and they have to be and they have to they they run amok on Halloween night, and they're trying to find a way for them to live forever. It's like 300 years passed. And it's the 90s, dude. And this idiot kid, of course, lights the candle, brings back the three witches back to life after they died. And they they run amok on, ha- on Halloween night trying to find these different materials so they can be able to live forever and wreak havoc among the mortals. So it's that classic ghost, it's that classic kind of Halloween 90s story that... Some of us have heard over and over again, but again, what makes this film a classic are the three actresses, the production, and it just has everything that I love about Halloween. And it's a perfect film for the whole family to watch. The whole family should watch this on Halloween, either on, on an ABC special, on Netflix, or something. Either way, find any way to watch it and enjoy it.
5: <laughs> I will be sure to find any way to watch it, and we'll probably it. I think thirty on the thirty first will set the whole tone. So, um, I'm also really curious that the movie seems to have a lot of, uh, really good songs. So, do you have a favorite amongst those?
1: Oh, I can't. There's, there's, <laughs> there's too many to choose from. Um, well, I can't. I can't think of one right now. But all I just, all, all I'm gonna do is just say. I put a spell on all of our listeners to watch Hocus Pocus right now. And so, yeah, that's, that's, what I, that's all I'm going to say.
5: Awesome. And I think you have for sure. So thank you so much for talking about Hocus Pocus and uh, making it special again on its 25th anniversary.
1: It's been delightful, darling
5: thank you so much and be sure if you haven't checked out hocus pocus be sure to check it out soon and i promise i will so thank you so much for joining us you have been listening to kids first coming attractions To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First film critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. And be sure to check out our blog in the Teens section of Huffington Post and check out our YouTube channel. You can get there easily from our homepage at kidsfirst.org. I'm Sahiba. Thank you so much for listening, and have a wonderful rest of your day.